I'm Dr. Stephanie Munt. And I'm Dr. Ellie Summers. And this is Two Women Running Their Mouths, a podcast for women who run by women who run. Our 80-20 rule, 80% dishing, 20% running. We are back. Welcome back. We're talking about shin splints today. I'm just jumping right in. Let's go for it. Shin splints. Shin splints are probably one of the most common complaints. I probably said that about knee pain too, but here we are with shin splints. (laughs) Shin splints are super annoying. Have you had them? I have not had them. I had them early on, like when I started running more consistently in middle school, which I think is very typical of a change in training, training, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jumping into something new. And so that's where we, that's where I'd say we see it most. Yeah. Uh, But really just really annoying. Yeah. Super frustrating because it's painful and a lot of people don't know why they have shin splints Mm -hmm. and, or what they are yes, or what to do about them. So a lot of different pieces of advice out there, a lot of different opinions. But we have the best advice yeah, exactly. <laughs> on this podcast. So ignore everyone else. Ignore everyone else for sure. <laughs> and listen to us because we just have the goods here based on science and experience and brilliance of yes. brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. three, the trifecta. The trifecta. So I'm going to ask you, Steph, how would you describe like what shin splints are? Shin splints are on the continuum of quote, uh, air quote, bone stress injury or pathology. Ding, ding, um, ding. I just want to highlight that because I think that's a really important thing for most people to hear and really, really hear. Shin splints are on the air quotes continuum of bone stress pathology. Go on. Pathology is a great word. Yes. So there's basically to simplify it um, from the most recent stuff that I've read, at least, because there's always there's it's always changing and progressing, but there's a kind of like a, a layer on your bones, and then your muscles attached to your bones, and there's it's called the periosteum. And when that gets inflamed or irritated, I guess inflamed is a tough, tough word because it's not always actually inflammation, but when that's irritated then you get pain along the shins. Yeah. Um, Does that sound accurate? Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate (laughs) to me too. It's like kind of, um, oh, this is going to be tricky to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's kind of like the beginning potential signs of bone stress. Yes. Yeah. Lack of adaptation to the what's placed on it. Yeah. Right. Now it can also be muscle stress. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to be like, we could kind of have to flirt the line with shin splints a little bit because most of the time they're not going to be super dangerous, right? um, but they can be, and they can progress to something worse over time. Um, So you have to understand that shin splints aren't just shin pain. I mean, it is shin pain, but what's happening is typically um, an indication that something in your training may need to change. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And where you can kind of differentiate between that and a possible tibial 
stress reaction or stress fracture, which would be further along the, I guess, like seriousness of a bone stress, bone pathology, um, shin splints are generally going to be more diffuse. It's going to be a bigger region. Whereas a stress fracture, or stress reaction, you're going to be able to pinpoint it more to one specific area. Yeah. Now don't be confused. Shins are tender bones. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's normal. Anytime someone pokes you <laughs> yeah. shin to have some discomfort. Yeah. That's why we don't want to get like people too freaked out about this injury. But at the same time, I think one of the things that Steph and I sees is that this occurs oftentimes in newer runners. Um, so, you know, high school aged runners and then, you know, beyond that, just people new to running. And typically with newer runners, we notice maybe training habits that have yet to develop into, you know, sensible training habits. Um, and in young runners, specifically those high school runners, we want to be maybe a little bit more cautious just because they're developing still and they're developing bone, mm-hmm. bone and muscle and just body all around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with that, uh, coming back into running too, after a break, I know several right. people who, um, they're familiar with it. So it's, it's not scary. Like, oh, every time I take a break and I get back into running, I get shin splints right. and kind of work through it. But back to sensible, establishing sensible training habits. What would you say are some of the training habits that of younger runners or newer runners that may predispose someone to shin splints? Yeah, well, uh, good question. I think that probably running too hard too often is probably the primary source. And you'll see this in peak seasons you know, peak training seasons for younger athletes. Like they have their cross country season and they have their track season. And, you know, during those seasons, you're like ramping things up quick for most of those athletes. Um, and so they're doing more training than they did maybe during the summertime. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they'll have a spike in workload training and maybe be running a lot harder than they were, which makes sense. You're trying to like progress and get better and get faster and stronger. Um, and that's generally when we're going to see them pop up is running, doing too much too quick or just running too hard too often. Um, I think, you know, occasionally you can have cases where it could be an equipment thing consideration. I think that's a, an assumption that a lot of people have that equipment is like the best place to go to change your experience. And I think that's not true. That's not the first place that I would go equipment, meaning, you know, shoes or surface training surface. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that's, that is the first place a lot of people go is surface or shoes, which does work for some people. That's true. Um, But like you said, I think just changing your training habits can be really beneficial and kind of respecting the respecting, but not fearing that pain, you know, it's generally not something that's dangerous. However, if not treated appropriately, it could progress. Um, And there's, gosh, I should have pulled up the study, but I think the shin splints aren't one, aren't really one of those things that people do well running through them or not running at the same volume and intensity, Um, you know, not to be confused with just kind of changing your training and running quote through it, but not just like barreling through, like I'm going to still run as much as possible and keep progressing my mileage. 
um, they don't respond super well to that. I think the difference is, was like a hundred days back to pain-free running and people who kept running through four to five out of 10 pain or moderate pain or whatever, versus people who changed their training load or took a little bit of time off were back in, I think it was maybe like a third of that. Gonna have, yeah. gonna have to confirm that, but it was a lot less in the group that made some changes rather than just forging straight ahead. Yeah. Whenever one of my runners presents with shin splints or what I presume is shin splints, I say, this is just a sign of fatigue. That's it. And it's just saying like, let's back it off a little bit and let your body adapt to what you just did either the week or two before that you started having shin splints during and see if we can keep you on the train of progress. And I think when young runners you know, as, or new runners aren't accustomed to that ebb and flow in training. It, they, they tend to think like it's just a linear, you know, progression, like add more, add more, add more, add more, add more. And I think when it comes to shin splints, you really have to just stop, pay attention and dial it back, you know, decrease your intensity would be probably a good opportunity for most folks. I think most folks are probably running harder than is necessary. Maybe not all folks. Um, Steph's like, no, all folks. (laughs) 90%. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, maybe taking a little bit of extra time. I'm going to use air quotes off walking instead of doing a run um, to help calm things down a little bit. But that's, that's generally what I say with shin splints is like, you know, they're not dangerous. You can definitely keep running with shin splints, um, and not risk like having a stress fracture. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to remember that it's just a sign that we're fatigued. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And even if you don't feel fatigued in your body, your leg is telling you that you're fatigued. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, I can start to kind of create a, an ability to be patient with the process. You know, it's one of those things that when you look at, okay, why did this happen? Like you said, most of the time, if not all of the time that I've seen it, it's been going from, and what may not seem like a lot, a lot of mileage, like still running two or three times a week for three miles. But if you've never done that, and then you start doing that consistently, it's a big change and you do have to adapt. So, um, you know, that thinking of that before thinking like, oh, I'm over pronating or, oh, I started running with the wrong shoes or I started running on concrete. Like, well, no, you just started running. There's, there's also that. Um, so just creating that, okay, I need to allow my body to adapt because I think we, we get really impatient and running is proving over and over to be one of those sports that years built on years is one. I mean, it's not going to, you know, nothing quote air quote can prevent injury, but it's going to make you more resilient. And that's, what's going to make you faster as well. So rushing the process, trying to run as hard as possible initially is, it's just not going to work. So right. You know, this in terms of just like, okay, it's part of the process of being patient as yes. I pick my running back up and also not getting discouraged that now I have to stop and I'm gonna have to start again. Um, so it's definitely right. That's key. That's so key. I think that so many runners, they get injured or they have pain and they think the first thing I need to do is stop. And that certainly there are times when we need to stop. No question about it. 
I find that so often that stopping doesn't actually move the bar forward for people who want to improve their running. It stops it in its tracks, quite literally. So, you know, finding a way to continue to move, but remembering, you know, that there are different ways to approach training, you know, frequency, intensity, duration. How can we modify all of these things to improve our experience and increase our longevity? And it just makes me think of what you're saying, Steph, is like, you have to let your body adapt. And I think for our listeners, I'm wondering if you can explain what does it take for adaptation to occur with the sport of running? Um, I think it the, the easiest thing is to say is progressive load in mm-hmm. whatever um, area that is. That doesn't have to be obviously strength training, but you can think of running as that progressive load. So gradual increases in frequency and duration. Intensity probably comes later um, with recovery. 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 <laughs> so yeah, one without recovery is not going to do it, but yeah. stress, take off, take off or take some recovery time, more stress, recover. Exactly. Building that tolerance. Stress plus rest equals progress and rest doesn't have to mean complete cessation or stopping of activity. In fact, that's not classically what we mean. It means a change in that load. So dropping volume, dropping intensity, um, or dropping frequency. And that'll help you make progress. And I think when it comes to shin splints specifically, that's probably the number one thing that I find people haven't done. It's just like, they've taken that linear approach. They've had that sudden spike in training and nobody has said, how about a little bit of a change, a little bit of a break. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a dip in training. Like let's let that settle in, let your body figure out what just happened the last, you know, (laughs) several weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to come back and be prepared for it the next week. Definitely. Yeah. So with that too, you know, other than that change in training or modification of training, what else can supplement recovery or Eh, I don't don't know about the word food. Food, yes. (laughs) Healing of shin splints. What else can? Yes, food. Honestly, food. Yes, food is huge. Food is huge. I mean, I think that's like the number one thing that I myself, as a runner, am always bumping up against, and the number one um, thing that I think contributes to the pain that I feel anytime I'm running (laughs) is like, oh, I should probably eat more. (laughs) That's like where my brain goes. I think as a coach too, and as somebody who is well-versed in um, the literature and science on how many people deal with energy deficiencies or low energy availability, it's just, food is just huge. So You can't make those adaptations in those recovery windows unless you're eating as well and eating, 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 eating. So food, and then I would say too, sleep. Um, Good sleep is another one. Anything to add to that? No, I mean, that's that's huge. I think food is always under-prescribed or uh, underestimated in how much it helps our recovery. And we know that this is an injury. Well, really all, right, are where we stress the tissue too much and 
now it's not recovered. We stress it more, we stress it more. And so recovery is the key. Nutrition, key to recovery, sleep, as you said. Um, and then maybe not necessarily key to recovery, but um, I have found that strength training, the calf muscle complex and everything else is helpful too. And whether that's because we're also modifying their training at the same time, or is it just due to, or modifying, sorry, they're running at the same time, or is it just due to the strength? Who knows? But the combination of things and feeling like you're doing something for that area may have right. a placebo effect as well. Like, all right, I'm, my shins are painful. So I'm going to be working on the strength around there. Um, I don't know if there's, I haven't read the most recent research, but I think just general lower extremity strengthening yep. helps with, with shin splints. Um, so those are the only, only additional things that I would add. Yeah. So if somebody were to come to you and asks, Dr. Stephanie, coach Stephanie, <laughs> I am a runner who's always had shin splints when I get running. How do I quote, prevent that from happening? Would you have any advice? Yes, I would say let's have you on a coaching program and I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> Steph's like, I'm not going to give it all away. For <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause it does feel kind of weird to, I mean, my general advice, but it is still very specific because some people will struggle yeah. with scaling it back or how much to slow down, but that'd be my big thing. Start or come back with a run walk. Yep. Slow down. Um, run maybe a fewer times per week, depending on how you respond. But that's something, again, you can kind of progress or, or see um, how it goes. It's not like you have to run every other day, right? Everyone responds a little bit differently. But I think the big things are slow down, run, walk, um, add some calf stuff. It doesn't have to be, you know, specifically like single leg heel raises. But why calf stuff? Why calf stuff? Yeah. Well, calves are super... They're like the powerhouse. Soleus is powerhouse of the distance runner. So um, adding strength for that, uh, the way I explain it is just that it helps support the bones, helps support your structure. Right. Um, obviously muscles are, not obviously when I'm talking to people, but <laughs> muscles are shock absorbers. So if that can help with, you know, quote, air quote, absorbing shock or as, you, as you're running, it may help take some strain off of the bone. Um, but again, it's really, I think more of the adaptation as you go. So, um, calf work and then really anything else, like just general full body strength, squats, deadlifts, like anything that helps with full body load tolerance and resilience, um, right. it'd be helpful. And then of course, like eat more, sleep more, you're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How about you? Yeah. Same things. I think <clears throat> prevention is just a tricky term a little bit. And I agree with you. Like, this is like where as coaches, we really shine and also as physical therapists. Um, but I think it's like really approaching it nice and slow and steady and trying not to jump too many stages ahead. I think another common mistake I see people make is they almost don't run frequently enough. So maybe they're trying to run twice a week and on the weekend they're doing, you know, they're trying to get a 10 mile run on the weekend and then they're doing a two mile run during the weekday mm -hmm. and they're never really actually prepared for that long run. Mm -hmm. So they're just training adjustments um, that could be sensible to make for the individual to help keep them going. And then to your point, strength training 
you know, the, the benefit of strength training we've talked about in this podcast before, but it's that it pulls on the bone as well. So it can help lead to bone adaptation and build muscle mass, which mass is useful when it comes to like hormone regulation and bones and I'm going to use air quotes, prevention of injuries. So theoretically, the strength training is invaluable. And I have found that to be true across the board for the squad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point with the, the muscle pulling on the bone as well, which leads to increase in strength in the bone. And um, along those lines with the frequency bone is a tissue that responds to short bouts of frequent loading. So mm-hmm. it may be that you decrease your duration and run more frequently or run yeah. walk more frequently. Um, again, this really depends on the individual and where you're at. Sometimes like when I had shin splints, it was like an eight out of 10 pain all yeah. the time. <laughs> so <laughs> there may have been times where I, I could have backed off a little bit, but some this- people are dealing with more of like a, a stable lower grade pain that they may be able to do things a little differently. You had shin splints. When did you say you had shin splints? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Sixth and seventh grade. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's like so many different contexts going on there with you as an athlete. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Going into middle school was was stressful. Yeah. Starting were more organized sports and just yeah. running more. I think I used, I think my, <laughs> I actually remember this. I think I was like shocked that we had practice every day. I was like, yeah. Mom, I thought we were only supposed to run like three times a week. <laughs> Why do we have to run every day? Yeah. I just remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is okay. So this is going to bring up a little sidebar topic here real quick. So whenever I'm trying to help people conceptualize why slowing down is so valuable, I say like, think back to your high school sports days. How many days a week were you practicing? Easily five for most yeah, people, if not more, mm-hmm. right? How many hours each day were you practicing? Usually an hour and a half to two hours. Mm-hmm. You add that up over a week, you're getting at least 10 hours of activity within those 10 hours, how often were you doing sprints? Like once or twice a week, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, and for, as me as a soccer player, you know, 10 hours of soccer a week easily, if not more, cause I was also doing some like skill work on my own, like tons of activity and you know, you're like doing a drill and it's intense for a little bit, but then you're like standing around, walking, like easy jogging. And I think endurance runners, we have this in our brain that like, if you want to make progress, you got to work hard all the time (laughs) time. and just like, go, 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 grind. (laughs) Yeah. And to an extent, there's a grind there, but the grind is more about ritual. Mm-hmm. And it's about habit building and staying patient. The grind is being like, pull it back a little bit today because I'm tired. Right. And as adults, recreational adults, I don't know about you, but I no longer have 10 hours a week to dedicate to activity. Nope. Yeah. So it's got to look different. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So even those, the, you know, your ratio right? Even those intense times have to drop down even more. Yeah. 
So keep that in mind mm -hmm. yeah. and know that shin splints are very treatable. Yes. So see a physical therapist, come to me or Steph, consult with us virtually. We both do virtual consults, mm -hmm. hire us as your coach if you're having trouble mm -hmm. and let's go kick some ass. <laughs> I can't top that. Perfect <laughs> ending. We'll see you next week. See ya.